0: Our world has been a far different place over the last month and a half since the coronavirus pandemic shut down most of America in many ways. And we've had to adjust to a whole different way of going about our business one day to the next. But again, we have made it to May. And now, perhaps... As we flip the calendar over to the next month, we're also maybe turning the page in this fight against COVID-19. A lot of new developments this week. Maybe we're onto some new horizons. It is not going to be a quick road back to normalcy, that we all know for sure, but a little bit of hope and a little bit of promise can go a long way. We'll see what happens. In the meantime, let's keep digging into this together as we continue on this journey through a very unique era in our lives. Welcome inside Brett's play-by-play list. I'm Brett Williams. Thank you for coming along for any different phase of this musical journey. If you've been here before, I hope you have enjoyed this. If you're joining me for the first time, once again, how we do it here is I am chronicling this whole journey back to some sort of normal life through this pandemic through music. I'm adding one song a day to a Spotify playlist I am building at my account, taking it all in 1317. So if you've got Spotify, go ahead and drop me a follow. Listen to this playlist would really appreciate that. These songs, I hope, capture where we are collectively any given day. And I hope these songs help us through, help us cope, help us get inspired, various different things that they can do hopefully they are having that effect on you in whatever way and I also hope that when we look back we can see the journey that we took and the growth hopefully that we had through it that perhaps music can express better than just about anything else my intent is to do this again one song a day until sports come back. again I am a sports caster by trade and so that is going to be a very significant day in my life when sports return. Of course that is going to be just the beginning of and it may not even be the true beginning it may have already started in some other ways I think that's safe to say but bottom line is it is not the end step of all of this. It's going to be a lot longer before we all see the life that we knew before all this started. but again sports uh, for me will be a huge benchmark in this return. That being said, I'm not entirely sure what is going to count. If you will, I think everyone would offer a different opinion on the matter as the return of sports. Now, the first one that I can find UFC is coming back. Mixed martial arts, of course, the octagon, all of that good stuff. May 9th. I mean, here we are, May 1st. So eight days from now, we are seeing a whole card from the UFC in Jacksonville, Florida. Now, that will be held without fans. but. It will happen. Now, I don't really think that's safe to call the return of sports. I think certainly there's a community that loves MMA. There are analysts who make their careers off of MMA. There's a lot of money in that, obviously. But I don't feel like that has the same community-generating appeal that a lot of other sports do. And a lot of those are based on pay-per-view. I mean, that's how most people consume MMA fighting. They're either there in person or they're paying to see it online. So there's not this, hey, primetime television, team sport, or even individual sport where people can say, hey, you know, we're, we're promoting this. Come just tune in for free and enjoy this sporting event. Not the case with UFC. So I'm not entirely sure that May 9th would be considered an official return to sport. So this will continue beyond that. Now, eight days after that, May 17th, NASCAR returns. And that will be on network television, on Fox, a 400-mile race, 3.30 p.m. Eastern from Darlington Raceway in South Carolina. And they're actually going to do seven races between the three NASCAR major series, the Cup Series, Xfinity Series, and the Truck Series, between Darlington and Charlotte in a 10-day span to try to make up from some time. So that's a little bit closer. Again, still not entirely sure if that's how I want to, consider this chapter, if you will, of Brett's play by playlist over NASCAR is another very niche sport watching community. I do think they're going to have a lot more viewers for that first race than they normally might, because a lot of people out there just want some kind of live sports to watch, and they're going to find that through this. But I don't know if NASCAR is quite the same universal appeal as a baseball, a football, a basketball, hockey, something like that. So we'll see. But I can tell you, at the very least, we'll be building this playlist through May 17th, and then we'll just kind of see what happens between now and then, if any other announcements come out and how we want to handle it moving forward. Again, this is just the first season of Brett's Play by Playlist. I will be doing this in various capacities. I'm not entirely sure what it's going to look like moving forward when sports come back, but I do want this to be a project that somehow tells stories of life through music, and I hope to have you along whatever it looks like down the road. But before we get to all of that, we have to focus on a few songs that ended the month of April that got us here, a couple of songs I have not yet talked about. So we begin on Tuesday, April 28th. My song for Monday the 27th was Where the Streets Have No Name by U2, a suggestion from my last guest, Nathan Leach. If you'd like to check out the episode with him, feel free to do so on whatever platform you may be listening to this on right now. And on Tuesday, there were a couple of pieces of good Promising news, unlike anything we had had for pretty much this entire pandemic thus far, about the things that we absolutely need ultimately to get back to the life that we've known, and that is medical breakthroughs. So, first, we heard from Dr. Anthony Fauci that remdesivir, this antiviral drug, even though it's not a cure, even though it doesn't necessarily do a lot or even prevent death, it is still shown to have a significantly positive effect is what he said on lessening the time of recovery for coronavirus patients. And as he said, the biggest result of that test was more so just Understanding, as he put it, the proof of concept that a drug can block this virus so that they know, hey, we're barking up the right tree and actually pursuing some sort of treatment against this. The other piece of news, I'm not entirely sure when the news broke, but it was the time I became aware of this news that Oxford University has been working on a vaccine for this. And of course, the vaccine is, you know, essentially the end all be all more so than a drug is to try to get immunity in our population. And the fact that they've got some people who have worked on previous very closely related coronaviruses, and they have a really good feeling that they can knock this out. They're already starting some human trials where over a thousand people are getting inoculated with either this test vaccine or a placebo, and they are trying to get this thing figured out where they might be able to have potentially a million doses by September. And then even more so, certainly in the months that come. And of course, we've been told for a while now that any vaccine would be at least 12 to 18 months away from March when this whole thing started. So September, even if it may not be, you know, certainly a worldwide vaccine at that point, September would be an unbelievable time to make this work. This would be incredible. So two very, very promising pieces of news on Tuesday. And so I started to hear momentum building like this and that made me believe a bit more that we're getting somewhere that of course is the intro to believer by imagine dragons which i think speaks to this situation in several other ways in addition to just that belief getting in ourselves first of all on a slightly darker note The virus, I think, has finally, to this point, made most of us, I wouldn't say all of us, because there are still some naysayers out there, some some conspiracy theorists. But I think for the most part, we are all now believers in the severity of this situation. There were a lot of skeptics. I personally was a bit skeptical. I'll be the first to admit it. When everything first started breaking early in March, I didn't buy that this was going to become what it did. But I quickly found out otherwise. And I think that's probably safe to say about a lot of people that we've been taught, Okay, you've made us believers. Now we got to do what we got to do to get things back on track, and I think a lot of us are doing that, and we're seeing the results of that, and that's a great thing. The third and final piece about this song is just another testament to how suffering, how times of trial can really help us because apparently it is a largely autobiographical song about the lead singer of Imagine Dragons, Dan Reynolds, talks about growing through pain. The last part of the chorus is, my life my love my drive it came from pain you made me a believer so just something to remind us hey let's take all of this all these negative feelings everything that we're having to go through and let it fuel us to great things in and beyond this
1: pandemic
0: Next song for Wednesday, April 29th is another one with a pretty cool intro and this one's a iconic intro quite honestly. Here it is. And that's repeated throughout the song, very distinct feature of this piece, Walk of Life by Dire Straits and This one was inspired. I first thought of it because my dad and I were actually out on a walk through a park near our house the other day. It was just a beautiful day. The trees were were bright. There were flowers everywhere. It was just, it felt like this forest was just vibrant with life. And so I just kind of came to it. Walk of life, a song that I really like. But more importantly, I mean, walk of life, how much does that scream journey? I mean, we're all taking the walk of life, whatever that means to each of us, and hopefully we're able to stop, look around, and enjoy the blessings that we have, whatever they might be, because there are a lot of them, that's for sure. So just take some time to enjoy the walk of life through all of this. I should add that this song is actually about street performers in England, but even if nothing else, the, the title of the song speaks to something greater than that, and obviously there's... You know, a journey even imbued in that because those performers are always trying to get a big break, try to make ends meet, doing what they do, doing what they love, living on a dream. And so they are certainly doing the walk of life. And then finally, for Thursday, April 30th, I've talked in previous episodes about beginning weeks on a strong note. I'm a big believer in beginning and ending months. On a high note, I want to end months strong and begin other months strong. So I needed something that sort of encapsulated everything the best I could at the end of April. And so I went to a song that I'd been thinking about pretty much this entire time and just waited for the right day to put it in. And I felt like this was that. It is a song that tackles the complicated response I think all of us have in different ways normally, and let alone now, to the problems in our world whether that be lack of faith in our leaders, disappointment with government or the way that a government is going at any given time, the constant fight it feels like society is always in with mass media. And I have my own opinions on that entire situation that I won't get into now. I am a trained journalist. I have a lot of thoughts on things that get said about the media and things that the media does or does not do, but that's a story for another time. Wars, strife in the world, all of these issues are handled by this song in a very candid and and also a very artistic, beautiful way. And that song is Waiting on the World to Change by John Mayer. Again, the title alone speaks so much to us right now. I think all of us are Waiting on the World to Change and this song digs into the dual reaction I think a lot of us have to these things in our world because first verse, we hear...
1: Now we see everything that's going wrong With the world and those who lead
0: it We just feel like we don't have the means To rise above and beat it And we've all felt that at some point, haven't we? And so there is that certain pessimistic tack and reluctant realization of a difficult situation and certainly from a pandemic standpoint we realize well as as we've heard many people say the virus is dictating our steps there's nothing we can do to control that we're doing everything we can to take the right precautions obviously again our scientists are working and our obviously our healthcare workers and everybody on the front lines are working so hard to save lives and again prayers are with all of you but there's only so much we can do, and we can't simply just be done with this fight. We have to go along with what the virus dictates for us to do for the time being and continue to wait on the world to change. But then in the final chorus, a couple of new lines come in that take a much different approach.
1: One day our generation is gonna
0: optimistic one that I think we feel, again, not only about this pandemic and how things might be afterward, but in general, in times where we do get a bit down about the issues of the world, we still have that chance to believe that we can make change happen because we can. There are so many historical examples of that, obviously, of ways that this world can change because, in the words of Margaret Mead, a few caring people were committed to it. So again, a very honest song, a very beautiful song. I think it captures a lot of how we feel. Now, speaking of feelings, as we move on to May and to today's song here on May 1st, I'm going to mention a few items here. And I want you to think about how many of these do you feel or have you felt in these recent weeks? Frustration, being stir crazy, fed up with all of this, feel like at some point you're just going to blow How about fear? Fear at the same time, not only of potentially contracting this virus in the short term, but then also that everything that's going to happen, all of these subtle reopenings are maybe too soon and maybe all of that is going to blow up in our faces and kick us back to square one. Or how about hope and looking forward to the day when this is all over, or at least the time. I don't think there's going to be a single day anymore. But we can go back and do the things that we've always loved to do. Let it all out. Be free. Celebrate. Blow up, if you will. Have you felt a lot of those? Okay. Go ahead. Blow. Or, said a little differently and better than I could. (laughs) Dance. Let it out. Let it out right now. It's the start of a new month. We're pretty and sick, we're young and we're bored, right? So... Okay, enough, enough of this fantasy, enough of me being clever with words and probably just being corny and wasting a few minutes of your time. So forgive me for all of this. We obviously can't you know, say screw it and go do something that we shouldn't be doing. We can't go back to a club. We can't go out with our friends. We can't do all these things right now. Whatever that might mean to you, we can't do that. But what we can do is find creative ways to celebrate. We've seen virtual happy hours. We have seen Disney sing-alongs with celebrities. I mentioned that before. Personally, in this family, my mom and dad and I are playing on an NHL video game, a simulated Stanley Cup playoffs bracket because we're all missing hockey. I don't know what it is to you, but find something that keeps you enjoying your life. We need that in this time. Let it all out. And for me, a lot of times too, that comes down to dancing. And it comes down to playing great music that promotes dancing. And one of the first people I think about when I think about good dance music is Kesha. Now, Kesha's songs are out of control for the most part. Lyrically, message-wise, there's a lot going on here. Some of hers are just, to to be honest to me, hard to listen to. Some of it is like, I, what is going on here? I'm not sure I want to be a part of that setting or what is going on. But that being said... There are four really, really good dance songs of hers that I love. TikTok is one. We Are Who We Are is one. Die Young is one. And then the song that has everything to do with everything I've just been saying, perhaps a bit tongue in cheek, Blow. these songs all have just awesome beats. They make you want to tap your feet, get out on the dance floor, and bust some moves. And they all have essentially the same message in mind. Just go out, party, have a great time, you know, live it up. All that said, there is something else that I really like about these Kesha songs. As I was growing up and getting into my adolescent years, high school years, I heard a lot of these songs come out. That was basically the time, you know, early to 2010s that Kesha was taking off. And I remember listening to these songs at middle school, high school dances. Yeah, some of those memories I'd rather forget, as I think a lot of us would when we think about those dances of those eras of our lives. But there's a lot of good memories that they trigger as well. There's a lot of other times I heard them outside of that setting in the car In the summertime, who knows what else that has connected to various other memories in my life. And there's something very powerful about hearing songs that take us back to various eras of our life that we want to remember. And that's such an important thing to do at times like this. Before I tell you the most significant nostalgic connection of Blow, which is a huge reason why I've chosen it today, let me get a little bit more academic here. And talk about why what I'm trying to say is actually very relevant and something that I advise you to tap into through these crazy times. If you've listened to a previous episode of my podcast, you probably have heard me reference my senior thesis in the South Carolina Honors College. One that was an analysis, by and large, of the effects of music on psychology, on managing emotions and what that speaks to people going through big transitions in their lives and one of the most significant ways that music can do that is through nostalgia i need to do the proper thing and give Credit to the researchers whose studies I cited most significantly in this regard. So a lot of what I'm about to say comes from the work of the following researchers. First, Wildschutz said Akitas, Arndt, and Routledge, a 2006 study in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology entitled Nostalgia Content Triggers Functions, also by KI Batcho in 2007 in the American Journal of Psychology. Nostalgia and the Emotional Tone and Content of Song Lyrics. And finally, by Barrett, Grimm, Robbins, Wildschutz, Setakitas, and Janata, in 2010, in the Journal of Emotion, Music Evoked Nostalgia, Affect, Memory, and Personality from those studies and some others but these are the main three i have the following first of all studies have shown that retrieval of autobiographical memories may help individuals through major transitions in life by allowing them to hold firm to who they are i'm a huge believer in that at times where everything's changing around you tap into who you are so nostalgia this bittersweet longing of the past bittersweet is is a If ever an applicable phrase we hear it a lot it is so true about nostalgia because there is a bitter aspect of looking back and going oh well these we don't have this anymore but more so i believe it's sweet it is a chance to to look back really savor meaningful memories because i think nostalgia is something more than just a memory something more than just ah reminiscing there's there's something deeper than that when you have really nostalgic reflections you know something has affected you very deeply. And so I saw from a number of those studies that a lot of times some of the things we're most nostalgic about relate to our adolescent, high school, and college years. And one of a subcategory of that is popular music that came out during those times. Now, nostalgia has been shown to serve a number of important psychological functions, assessing personal change, staying connected to others, As you recall those memories about them, again, maintaining self-identity, increasing self-esteem, and simply just increasing your positive affect or your good mood. Now, certain people are more prone than others to experiencing nostalgia because of a number of traits. However, that study by Wildshit et al. from 2006 said, and I quote, nostalgia is a strand in the fabric of everyday life. It is something that to some extent everyone Experiences. And so, as was essentially the key concept of my thesis, I had to make sure that what I was saying was generalizable and valid to others and not just my own experiences speaking for them and them alone. I say all this to ground what I'm about to get into to say, yes, whatever song it is that has some sort of nostalgic significance to you, it's worth listening to right now because of all the things that I've just articulated, because nostalgia does so much positively for us particularly in times like this so we have this song here blow by kesha which i've clearly set up as a song of significant nostalgia for me and thus why i'm paying attention to it now and choosing to listen to it throughout this time here's where it comes from the national student leadership conference or nsLC it is a series of programs geared to Students in grades 6 through 12 to take them for up to two weeks during the summer, train them as leaders, give them hands-on experience in a career that they're interested in, and give them a taste of what college life is all about. Now, I participated in NSLC in June of 2011 at American University in Washington, D.C. I really don't remember why I decided to do it. Now, this was between my sophomore and junior year of high school. I was never someone that wanted to be away from home. I'm an only child, very close with my parents, did not enjoy sleepovers as a kid. This was not my cup of tea, especially not for 13 days and especially not also, by the way, in the middle of summer, which I have always held as a very sacred time to enjoy, to go to the beach, to relax and do these things. And so giving up two weeks of it for this was just foreign to me. So I really don't remember why I signed on to do it. Now, sure, it was great. I was a leader in various capacities in high school. I wanted to develop leadership further. And I also saw this as a great opportunity to get some hands-on experience in journalism and mass communication, which was the particular program of NSLC that was offered by American that I decided to join. They have tons of different programs across disciplines and at many university campuses across the country. But it made sense. And of course, Washington, D.C. being in my backyard only about 15 minutes from my house was a great thing as well. But for whatever reason that I decided to do it, I am so glad that I did and I will forever be glad that I did. Yes, I had some amazing experiences in the business doing a stand up as if I were a reporter from Nationals Park before the now 2019 World Series champion Washington Nationals, by the way, played the Seattle Mariners that night, had a great time reporting, if you will, on that game. I also learned so much from a leadership perspective. One of the first things that I'll remember was the very first leadership session where we had to take a Myers-Briggs type test, which sorted us into one of four personality classes, all named after animals. I was an owl. Uh, as an analytical, intellectual, think-through-every-detail type of person. And I I can't even tell you how many times I have referenced the four animal personalities, owl, koala, peacock, and lion, in various analytical situations to this day and somehow have tried to help people work through their differences by thinking along those lines. Uh, Just bear with me on that. But again, very, very helpful session. But most importantly about NSLC were the people... With whom I shared that experience I don't exactly know a clear number of how many of us were there I know there were five ta groups of roughly 12 people or so so let's say 60 of us the connection we made was magic I have no other word to phrase it I don't know what it was there was something about all of us that just clicked and for 13 days we had the time of our lives getting to know one another on a very, very deep level, connecting, taking advantage of everything that we could, professional and personal. Went out to dinner at Baltimore Harbor one night, Got in line and waited around the block for Georgetown cupcakes, famous from the DC Cupcake Show that used to air back in the day. We were almost late to the bus. I remember this one girl and I. We were we laugh about that to this day about uh, how we kind of game the system essentially. And and I don't I think we told a lie or something about what we were doing. We we're still in line to get these cupcakes and then got back to the bus a little bit late and didn't care. <laughs> little things like that. So much during the week, just unbelievable. I can't even fully describe what all those people. Meant to me then and still do now, even though a lot of us have gone our separate ways, some are in closer touch than others. I wish I could say I was in closer touch with a lot of those people, but I can say this. I still feel so intensely connected with them, and when I reach out to any of them for any reason, it's like we just saw one another yesterday. It was that powerful of a 13-day period. One of the best in my life to this day. And something that was so iconic about that week were all the dance parties that we held in the dorm that we were in an American university. Some of them were scheduled, some were not, but it became almost a nightly occurrence for this group. And I don't know who had the playlist. I don't know if it was a CD. I don't, I don't even know if Spotify was around at that time, but for whatever reason, the same songs were played every night, or at least if there were some different ones, There were still a core of five or six songs that we heard without fail every single time. Blow was one of them. And so any of those songs make me think immediately, as soon as I hear them to this day and probably for the rest of my life, to Letting It Loose, Nighttime at American University in June of 2011, with not just friends, but family. Because that's what we were. We were a family. That's nostalgia. And that's powerful. Again, I chose blow because I thought that there were a few ways I could, as I mentioned a few minutes ago, ways that we can connect the various feelings of blow or blowing up to where we are now. I could have chosen any of them to experience the same reaction, but I thought that I could uh, stretch some interpretation a little bit and get us there. The bigger point is, whatever song it may be to you that has that nostalgic significance, listen to it. Think about it. Go back to those memories. Let it fill you. As I was preparing to do this podcast, I can't even tell you the healing, honestly, that it did to my soul. There was something, again, magical that just filled me as I thought back to those days and got ready to do this. So listen to that music. Remember the good times. Call up somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time and tell them you love them and engage in a conversation about where you're at and where you're going. Some of the most meaningful things we can do in our lives is that right there. So why not do it now? So as much as I feel full and joyous at all these memories and everything, I'm even happier I've got one person from this NSLC family who is joining me for this episode. I met Oriana Fleming, I think, at that session about the animal personalities i'm pretty sure she was not an owl i think there were only three owls out of the 60 of us or so i don't think she was one of them but i'm pretty sure i met her in that room before we left i can kind of see the way that room was set up either way as with pretty much everybody else there we hit it off immediately and everything kind of went from there again i have not been as in touch with her over the last nine years of my life as i Wanted to and always thought I would, and that's true with pretty much everybody else in that family. But again, whether it's Facebook birthday messages, an occasional text here or there about something, there's just this immediacy about that relationship that takes us right back to 2011 and helps us never miss a beat. I thought about Oriana especially for this episode because she posts a lot of videos on Facebook of her playing guitar and singing. Sometimes a few other instruments get involved. Sometimes her sister is involved in those videos, but it's been something over the years that I've enjoyed listening to her music. And so I thought she'd be the perfect person to invite in to have a conversation about music and about nostalgia and a chance to reminisce, a chance to analyze, a chance to just kind of figure this out together and walk on this journey together. And so I'm incredibly excited to bring Oriana into this episode. Oriana, welcome inside Brett's Play by Playlist. How are you doing today? Thanks, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm just, this is so awesome to be doing this. Like I said, it's been so long since we've talked and since, you know, we've, I, I feel like it's it's been a while since I've talked to any of you guys and yet we're, we're back just like that. And that's the beauty of, yeah. of how this whole thing has gone for us.
1: Yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of lucky that. You know, in this time where we're reaching out to people who we care about, who we don't get to see all the time, it's nice to like be able to have this technology to to connect with
0: some old friends. So I was just trying to think about how I ended up at NSLC in the first place, and I don't remember how I heard about it, why I decided to do it, or whatever. Do you remember how you got signed on to do it?
1: You know, I don't. I think my mom must have seen something. She must have heard about it somehow. And I think you needed like a letter of recommendation from someone. And I vaguely remember my freshman year English teacher taking me aside after class one day and telling me how he had written me a letter of recommendation based on my mom's request. And I didn't know what he was talking about. And that's Mm -hmm. the only thing I can think of that could possibly have gotten me to NSLC. Because I, like you, I have no idea. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What was the first moment? Was, was there a moment for you that you knew how special our group was? Is there a single moment you can point to?
1: I know it was very early on, yeah, because at the time, I don't know how much of this you knew, but I had I was in my first relationship at the time, and we were young, we were like fifteen. right. Um, and I remember like day three or four breaking up with this <laughs> this guy because he was getting so annoyed with me because the only things that I would text him about was how much fun I was having Mm. at MSLC. And I remember that it was day three or four specifically because I was like so surprised that I had already had such a strong social support that could like get me through my first breakup. Mm. And um, I think I even like wrote down on a list of, we had like our daily itinerary and I just wrote every single day some of like my strongest memories. Wow. And every time I come home for whatever holidays or weekends to spend with family, I like go through it and I, you know, I remember all of these things that we did, all these activities, the um, personality matrix, all these like letters that I wrote to everyone after coming back, like pictures that I was drawn. I just have it I have it all saved. Like that's how meaningful it was to me. Case in point. Yeah.
0: That's fantastic. I was just thinking yesterday as I was preparing for this. I'm like, where the heck is that? Because I've got that somewhere too.
1: And I've actually been thinking about NSLC a lot, not just like since you've reached out, but being home in my, you know, high school bedroom, I have like all of this these like memories all over. And I was lucky enough to go to NSLC the year after I was there with you guys for a different kind of camp. And I was also lucky enough to TA a couple of years ago. So I okay. got to work NSLC and kind of see like the backside of it. And I made great friends all those times, but really nothing has been as impactful to me as that that first one with everyone.
0: Yeah. I, I don't know if there's a way to describe why we call click the way that we did. I don't know. We we just, I guess we're just the right group of people in the right place, but I just feel like all of us were just very genuine, very caring people that just wanted to, wanted to do well and wanted to love each other and love life. And I guess magic happens when that happens.
1: Yeah, no, it was very, very lucky. And I kind of went into the next NSLC experiences expecting that kind of like camaraderie and that kind of friendship to just be right away because it really did happen like right away for us Mm -hmm. and although i had great experiences both other times and i absolutely loved being a ta and i loved all the other tas there was no friendship that i made any other time than the friendships that i made with you guys and i don't i don't know we must have all been at like the right age the right part of our life i don't know what it was
0: yep now, the one thing I was trying to think of, like, was there a moment for me? And I I don't really, I can't really point to one either because, like you said, it just, it happened so fast. But I think one of the biggest things that almost took it to the next level for me, do you remember that leadership session where, I want to say your name was Amy Richardson, our leadership That's facilitator. Okay. Um, phenomenal, phenomenal woman, taught us so much. Yeah. There was that session where, and I want to say it was on commitment, where we all had to dance through the aisle oh, of chairs.
1: Horrible. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. That was so. So for for our listeners here, so there was a. I want to see it was because of teaching commitment, but they had like two sections of chairs, four rows each, where everybody kind of filled in, and then one TA group at a time would w- would have one person at a time dance their way down that aisle between everybody, and if you didn't keep one dance move going from start to finish, they would stop the music and make you go again. I don't think anybody did. <laughs> but after, after each person went through the rest of the song, everybody would get up and just start dancing to the rest of the song. And yeah. that was for me, like we are all in this and this is just, I don't even know how to describe it, but that was just an awesome scene.
1: Yeah. As a TA, I got to be on the other side of that. Um, we had a different leadership facilitator. Um, when I TA down in Houston, a couple of years ago. Okay. Um, I don't know who came up with that. Some NSLC genius. <laughs> <laughs> But it being on the other side being like the end, you know, I was like at the finish line for my students and for like my coworkers' students and just like watching someone because I would do that right now, like walking dancing down what is that, twenty feet, thirty yeah. feet, no so big yeah. deal. You yeah. know, we're adults. Yeah. I've I've done more embarrassing things <laughs> in my life. True. But to be that age and to like watch my 14-year-old, 15-year-old students, however old we were at the time, be so dependent on the love and the support of the peers on either side of that line is just, it's just like such a different experience. And it's, it's just magical, really.
0: I have, i didn't realize that was an NSLC tradition. That's very cool.
1: Yeah, I was really glad when we did that when I was a TA. And I'm, yeah, I'm very glad that it's a tradition.
0: Do you remember what song you guys had on your group's
1: I don't, but I do remember thinking very hard about the dance move I would do. And I still remember that room that we were set up in. And I think I remember what I was wearing too, just because it was such a difficult, you know, it's like one of those things in your mind is like such a scary moment. (laughs) I do remember that moment. And I remember picking my dance move and it wasn't fast enough. And so about halfway through, I think I even said aloud, "Uh uh-oh, like, this is taking too long. This is because, you know, some dance moves, you can just get mm-hmm. to the end of the line real quick. But yeah. I, I picked a I don't remember what I picked, but it was very, very slow. Okay. And I was like, oh, my God, this is taking too long. I'm so embarrassed. Yep.
0: I don't remember exactly what mine was. I remember um, R.J. Kaminsky called it the elevator dance. Because I guess maybe I had done some variant of it in an elevator or something.
1: In an like elevator. That. Yeah,
0: but we, but it was uh, I like to move it from Madagascar, which is why that song is is one yeah. of the ones. And and the other one, save a horse, ride a cowboy, is the one yep. that because I, I remember everybody just getting up and going crazy to that once that was yeah. that group was yep. out. So uh, yeah, that was that was a fun day. I will say too, the the song that was we were talking about. Party rock anthem, which was Mm -hmm. one of those like blow that was played at all of the the nighttime dances that we all think about. I've never paid attention to a few particular lyrics in that song, and I was looking these up now. I love this one. Yeah, that's the crew that I'm reppin' on a rise to the top, no lead in our Zeppelin, and I no
1: lead in our Zeppelin. I mean,
0: that's like people who know me, and it's on my Twitter bio. If you haven't seen it at Brett W underscore Voice. I, I say always reppin'. like repping is a huge part of my vocabulary And when i get that I'm like that's our crew <laughs> I'm, I'm repping that crew. crew yeah, yeah. so it, it,
1: it's just such a like comfortable feeling now that we're all of age to like go out with your friends like that's your crew like wh- wherever you're going whatever you're doing you're with the people that you love
0: absolutely and that's what was was interesting to me as I look back too at how Cause I don't think a lot of those dance parties that we had were scheduled. I think a few were, but I want to say that I feel like some of that became very organic as the thing went on. And we just kind of did the 15 year old in a program equivalent of going out (laughs) with our friends and and doing that.
1: (laughs) Well, I do seem to remember us finding the time different groups of people, depending on, you know, I mean, we had very packed days and we were very tired at the end of all of our days. Yes, I remember us like, playing outside when we should have been in bed. You know, a lot of like nighttime adventures, a lot of like little dance parties that weren't scheduled, but we just loved each other too much to go to bed.
0: Yes, <laughs> I, I remember finishing out those two weeks and being like, dang, I did not sleep a whole lot <laughs> this time. <laughs> but that's a good feeling. So, you know, I I, again, I chose blow to build this episode around because I thought I could kind of pull the most out of it that spoke something Mm -hmm. to where we're at now. And just to me, it's even though, yeah, this is not really Kesha's message in there, but there's still an ability for us to realize that we've got all these frustrations and different feelings kind of pent up and that we have to find some way to just let it out. Um, was that, is that kind of what you've been doing with your sister with some of those videos or what are some of your ways that you're, yeah,
1: definitely. I think, um, me as a person, so I'm pursuing a healthcare profession. Um, but as a person, I've just always needed like a creative outlet and everyone has their outlets. And for me, it's really been like art, like music, mostly, um, writing stuff like that. And I think now that I'm home with my sister, who is you now my best friend, my partner in crime type thing, like I couldn't imagine being stuck with anyone else right now because she likes to cook a lot. And so that's been her creative outlet. And okay. so I've been cooking with her and I'm a little more musically inclined than she is. And so she's been doing that stuff with me to kind okay. of, you know, like make me happy which makes her happy so Um, we've been you know whatever you know like she likes to crochet and so we've been crocheting and i like to embroider and so we've been embroidering so we're we're trying to do things firstly so we don't get bored being stuck in inside all day but also because we know that the other person likes it
0: yeah i'm a big believer in whatever we can find right now just tap into it and go with it because And it's great, too, because as one of my friends said, you know, we don't know if we're ever going to have a time like this the rest of our lives where we're all together with our family again. Uh, So it's a a great chance to rekindle that and enjoy it.
1: Yeah, it's almost scary to think about going back now, now that we found Mm -hmm. this new normal, now that it's been long enough for us to, like, create this life, this other life that we're not used to. It's hard to think of going back Almost. Yeah. We just don't know, and I think that's exciting is probably the wrong word to use, but it's it's kind of um, encouraging. I think to see that you know we're all kind of coming together and doing you know things that we love and not things that necessarily pay the bills right now. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that we need to do for ourselves. It's a lot of self care in this time, and it's I'm excited almost to see what the world is going to be like in a couple months when we're all out of this because we we're spending a lot of time with loved ones um and of course there are exceptions to that there are a lot of scary things happening in a lot of places a lot of death and horrible things but i think at the end of it um the love that we have for ourselves and for our family and our and everyone else in our lives is hopefully gonna kind of lead the next chapter in the world's history
0: Wouldn't that be nice?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And I keep saying that if we're blessed enough to be able to survive this stage, then hopefully the world will be a a better place. And hopefully we'll have learned a lot from this that can help us make a difference as we go forward. So what has music meant to you along your journey? You mentioned it being something that's always been kind of a creative outlet for you.
1: Yeah. Well, they always say if you teach a child music or another language or something it's working other parts of the brain and so they're better at like the science and the academics and even though i don't know like the scientific proof of that i think i've like embodied that and you know the more creative outlets i feel that i have the more music i'm listening to the different genres of music the different artists the different time periods all of these things that i'm listening to i think they're they're like growing within me like i listen to a lot of beatles and so now i feel like a connection to the 60s i yeah. you know i listen to this song from kesha the like party rock anthem and it's connecting me not only to like 2011 the year that we all were in camp but like each person specifically that listened to those songs and made those memories with me so i think it's a lot of not just this sounds cool or this sounds you know whatever the song is trying to emote but in listening to music and listening to specific songs you're like building connections with anyone else who likes that song or anyone else who has been through something that can connect to that song and it's just like another another way to like weave that web with humanity and and grow closer with other people i love that well and i think i'm i'm a little biased too because i i'm good at this stuff i like this stuff it means a lot to me and so sometimes you just can't put words to it. I'm just, you know, this is just something that is meaningful to me. Like you have, you know, sports are so impactful to you and there's just something that you can't really define about it. You know, it's just, that's, that's just you. There's something like in your soul and in something, the way you were created and that's just, that's just who you're supposed to be.
0: Yeah. And when we tap into who we think we're called to be, good things happen.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, well, you know, I've I've talked about in this podcast that I want to help this be a almost a historical record for this time, something we can look back on and see, you know, kind of along those very lines, how music spoke to us and how that this alludes to our growth and everything that we've gone through through this. How do you think long term this whole pandemic with obviously understanding that you know things are we still don't know how this chapter is going to be finished but how do you think it will be remembered ultimately by those of us who lived it
1: well i think a lot about the other things in our world's history and um i was talking to my dad about it and i was like out of everything that you've gone through dad like what like what's the worst like what you know and, you know, he lived through Vietnam War and like all of these, all these things and not only our nation's history, but the world's history that have happened. Firstly, a lot of great music has come out of it. I think a lot of people, you know, artists are typically the ones who feel a lot and who are able to like express their very strong emotions into like translate it into music. And I think like looking back, like the Vietnam War era had a lot of really great music that came out of it that really like connected to a lot of people who were alive during that time and um this i don't know if this is quite along those lines but this is pretty serious i mean this is yeah. like a this is the first time in a, certainly my life in our life that something has affected the entire world very similarly and it's like a testament to technology really that we are able to see how other countries are being affected by this and we are you know, dealing with things very similarly um, and going through like very similar stages of grief and emotion that other countries are as well. And so I, I really think that a lot of the music kind of that comes out of this, that comes out of people f- like living these shared experiences are going to be very like, generalizable across the whole world. Very. Connectable, and I think that that will hopefully continue to bring us together like more than airplanes have because we can travel anywhere now, but now we can now we'll have like a shared kind of music and history anywhere we go
0: yeah, we'll have to see how yeah, and and that's true as much as of of literature and right. art all those different things but uh, yeah, I think a lot of that has has yet to come, and that will be very interesting to see. What comes of that definitely helps us to, I think, keep it in a better perspective when you have that to look back on, because the history book part of this that inevitably students of the future will study is not really going to be pretty, as is right. the case with things like Vietnam or 9-11 or right. what have you. And so, yeah, something to something to smile about down the road. Yeah. So to that end, as I've been asking all these other guests, I want this whole thing to be as communal as possible. And that's why I'm inviting you all in to to share your stories and your thoughts. So what other song would you like to see added to this playlist in the coming days?
1: Yeah, so that's a difficult question because there are a lot of songs (laughs) (laughs) and and this is this is quite an eclectic playlist, as I think one of your other guests mentioned, very typical Brett, (laughs) 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 not not specific to one genre, you know, giving love to all genres of music. That's right. Um, I, think, I think I'll think i have to go with The Promise by When in Rome because those are kind of it's kind of a sadder song it's kind of it's a song about like someone wanting to be better for the listener or for whoever the audience is and I think that that's kind of what we're striving for as a community is like wanting to help out in any way we can and I think it's kind of a hopeful song when listened to from that perspective I've never thought of it as a hopeful song before but I think that You know with everything going on it's it's nice to hear you know a song about someone wanting to be better and wanting to be helpful
0: yeah i like that a lot it's it's a it's very clearly a commitment to betterment for Mm -hmm. others Mm -hmm. and and there's also some contrition here which i think is very cool because now is also as great a time as ever to you know reach out and and mend any wrongs that have been done. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, reconciliation is, is is huge. So that's, I like that a lot.
1: Yeah, I hope I hope that's something that we can kind of do as a society is Amen. realize like we've been, you know, all the great things about society are great. But there are some things that we haven't been doing very well that I think are becoming clear in this pandemic. And I think hopefully afterwards we'll be able to recognize oh okay let's let's be let's do a little more
0: absolutely there's one other thing i wanted to mention that follows off that point beautifully something else that we can do and we have to do and i think this is you know showing us just how urgently we have to do this some of my songs have spoken to this directly you know love you like i'm going to lose you kind of thing mm-hmm. the last night at nslc never forget that night And I I can't even imagine what it's been like for you to presumably have seen this multiple times as well, because I assume that's pretty standard practice also. Mm -hmm. But the night where Amy opened the floor for us to just pour out our hearts to each other, tell each other how much others meant to us and to thank people and to to just be present and how she said, you don't know how long this is going to go. I'm not going to tell you when I'm calling this off, so don't miss your chance. Yeah one of the most powerful 30 minutes. I don't know how long it was of my entire life. Literally no exaggeration to that.
1: Yeah. I'm getting chills right now. (laughs) I mean, yeah.
0: How, how cool is that?
1: Yeah. And you almost, I mean, you can't rush, you know, you, Oh no, our time is running out. Let's rush. Like none of no one rushed. And it wasn't people talking over each other to get their, five seconds of fame to get their thoughts out. It was very respectful. It was very, you go ahead and then I will go and like, I'm going to wait for this person to finish speaking. I'm going to listen to their thoughts and then I will share after you, Um, which was, yeah, it was just like a, a very magical moment. And to hear everyone, you know, express those thoughts, like we don't do that enough. We don't say thank you enough. We don't say I love you enough. And to have that opportunity yeah it was
0: awesome just um another testament to a really beautiful friendship that that happened and you know i truly mean this when i say we're family the rest of our lives all of us definitely and you know i'm looking forward to to seeing whatever we can make of this time and you know reconnect and see what happens because this is this is only the beginning nine years out still yeah so well thank you so much for for coming on this sharing some thoughts and um Wishing you and your family all the best as we keep moving forward through this. You too. Hopefully you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I know it's very difficult to describe, to make others understand who weren't part of what we experienced at NSLC of 2011, just what that community means to us and what those memories mean to us, but hopefully that last dialogue just... Shed a little light on that for you. And again, I really appreciate Oriana coming on. Great song choice as well. The Promise by When in Rome. As I mentioned, there's contrition here. There's definitely a commitment to improving as a person. And As I look at the lyrics a little bit more thoroughly, the chorus goes into, you know, it's almost apologizing for maybe awkwardness or something along those lines. But The Promise, as the uh, title says, is... You know, if I had to walk the world, I'd make you fall for me. So it's a commitment that, you know, they're going to do everything they can to seal up that relationship, so to speak. But again, plenty of other things uh, in this song that express everything we were talking about before. Uh, sometimes if I shout, it's not what's intended. Uh, these words just come out. So so things like that. So again, just uh, really showing love and and showing uh, that they want to be there for their loved ones so something certainly for us to remember and to work on in these times so that will be added very soon world, for, for me, you, At this point it should be added on Sunday, May 3rd, but as for May 2nd, which is tomorrow at the time I record this, it may be today, it may be yesterday, it may be several days ago, depending on time you're actually listening to it, but from this perspective right now, it is tomorrow. It is the 50th day of working on Brett's play-by-playlist. Thus, the 50th song will be added to this playlist. Blow being number 49, so 50 days, hard to believe, just how long we've been going without live sports and pretty much without any sort of normalcy of the life that we knew. It's pretty scary, and who knows how high this total will get. But as always, as I've made very clear before, it's—you know, I'm big on marking occasions appropriately, and so I want to do justice to that. Well, it's fitting that this one kind of falls right into my hands, bringing it full circle to where I was when this playlist began. Way back on day one of this, March 14th, two days after the day that sports died, as we're referring to it, I was back in Bowling Green, Kentucky, two days removed from the cancellation of the Conference USA Women's Basketball Tournament. I was set to broadcast, and my friend Tyler Eaton and I worked on the first episode of this podcast together. So we're bringing it all the way around back to Kentucky. No, I won't be in the Bluegrass State tomorrow, but my heart will be. Because it is the first Saturday in May, the day on which the Kentucky Derby is traditionally held, a sacred day, certainly in Kentucky and for many sports fans across the world. Yes, we think about the big hats, the mint juleps, the betting, the pageantry of it all, but it is, as I referenced during my last episode with regard to the Masters, it is one of those events that puts a stamp on time and on our lives because it happens the same day every year. It may not be the same date, but it's the first Saturday in May. It marks getting through the winter, being in the heart of spring, seeing summer on the horizon finally. And it's a time to just enjoy the beauty of the horses, the grandeur of the event, and my personal favorite, the playing of my old Kentucky home. Now, that won't be played live tomorrow, or at least if it is, it's not known to me. Obviously, the Derby has been postponed until September due to the pandemic. But NBC is airing what they're calling hashtag KY Derby at home, a virtual event in which they are. Well, first of all, they're re airing the 2015 Derby that saw American Pharaoh win the first leg of his eventual Triple Crown to break the decades long Triple Crown drought. And then they're going to air a virtual race, which I can't wait to see, between a bunch of previous Triple Crown winning horses and putting in algorithms that handicap the horses as they were in their prime at the time of the Triple Crown win and somehow putting it all into a computer and, and running them against one another. It should be quite a sight to behold, and I really, really think that's a phenomenal idea by NBC to do this, and, and this is all about fundraising as well in addition to just pure entertainment. In fact, Churchill Downs is going to match up to $1 million in donations for relief efforts from COVID-19. They are asking fans to donate and they will match however many up to $1 million that is donated. So by all means, take a look at that tomorrow. So I'm sure during the 2015 re-airing, they will play My Old Kentucky Home. And this is a song that. Long before I had any connection to Kentucky, really struck me every year. Uh, It brings me to tears every time I hear it without fail. Because I don't know, I think growing up a lot of times May was always a month of, like I said, summer's on the horizon and maybe it's the the biggest academic push of the year. So maybe there's a lot of stress right now, but there's also a lot of hope looking forward to the, the big break of summer, but also trying to savor the traditions of middle school or high school before they're gone for another year and you're growing up and I don't know. And it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful song. I mean, when you really think about it, I know there's, there's a, a, an interesting history of this song and and what it refers to, but I just love the melody of it. And it says, you know, to summer, the people are gay. It's just, it paints this beautiful picture of purity of life and vitality. And then as it says, by and by hard times come a knocking at the door but it reminds, it says, you know, weep no more, my lady. Weep no more today. We will sing one song for the old Kentucky home. I mean, I, I, I feel myself tearing up even saying it. There's just something so powerful about that. And now, having lived in Kentucky the last two years, I may not be a Kentuckian by birth, but I have become a Western Kentuckian and part of that community. And I'm missing Hilltopper Nation right now. I am. Those are people that I've grown to love. Those are people that my life has become closely intertwined with as the voice of their athletic programs on the women's side and telling stories and taking people along those journeys. It's why I'm in this business. And I look forward to telling more and more stories for them and wherever else my career may take me, you know, beyond that. So my heart is certainly in Kentucky tomorrow. And again, could not think of a better 50th song to this podcast than something that speaks to that and something that, again, marks a great tradition and a great time on our calendar, sports fans and otherwise, even if it's being celebrated at home tomorrow. By the way, the quick excerpt that you heard just a minute ago is not by the University of Louisville marching band, which is uh, the traditional band that performs it at Churchill Downs every year. It is actually by... None other than the Western Kentucky University Big Red Marching Band, which sure enough has a CD with this track, as well as the fight song and a bunch of other of their classic pieces on Spotify. So how perfect is that that I was able to put this into the playlist? Depending on when you're listening, it may or may not be there yet, but it will be posted at some point in the afternoon of Saturday, May 2nd. That does it for quite a an emotional episode, a deep episode. Uh, it's been Quite a process putting this one together, um, something very meaningful, I think, uh, start to finish, and hopefully you felt that as well. I am so looking forward to continuing this journey, however long it has to go, and just continuing to try to dig out the meaning of it. And hopefully you're finding that along with me and doing it in various other capacities in your own lives. Next week, looking forward to being joined by another great guest, Claire Malky, great friend of mine from high school who pursued musical theater. In college and who is now pursuing a career as uh, a comedian both stand up and improv in Chicago I'm sure she's got some great stories to tell and has a great perspective on music and culture and I look forward to digging into that with her. In the meantime, I'll say this as well. If you have a few minutes to spare between now and then, go ahead and check out her podcast as well. She's been working on one. It's called Sit Still, Look Opinionated. You can find that on Spotify as well as a few others. It's about politics. It's meant to encourage the confidence of people in the millennial generation and perhaps whoever may want to glean from this to... Know what they're talking about when they're trying to take a stance politically and be able to confidently engage in positive dialogue about issues that face our world and the theory behind it very much so is not worrying about advocating a certain side one way or another but to really understand why you believe what you do and be able to engage in a constructive conversation one where you're listening to other people's viewpoints you're actively and assertively making your own, and hopefully both parties gain from one another. And I think that's such an important thing that we have lost sight of in our modern day and age. Anytime politics come up, people like to, to dodge the topic or people you know get too caught up in their ideologies and don't want to listen to anybody else. And guess what happens when that happens? Nothing good. No one gets anywhere. What happened to all of our compromising, learning to listen to people's perspectives that are different from our own and growing as a result of that? We really need to think about that as we go forward. Perhaps it will put us in a position to better advocate for a better world as we remain waiting on the world to change. Great thoughts from Claire. She's digging into a lot of issues related to that. So feel free to give her a listen. Again, sit still, look opinionated is the name of her podcast. You can also follow her on Twitter at sit still podcast and on Instagram at sit still underscore look opinionated. So looking forward to having Claire on next week. And we shall see where this journey continues to go. Thank you so much to Oriana Fleming for joining me today. Thank you to all of you for coming along for quite a journey that we have been on in this episode and 49 soon to be 50 songs in the books. Just keep on fighting the good fight, and we'll get through this thing together. And whatever you do throughout this time to come, don't forget to dance. Don't forget to celebrate. And most importantly, don't forget to love, and to show that love. Hopefully these songs and experiences illustrate that, most of all. Thanks again for coming along. We'll talk to you again soon. I'm Brett Williams saying so long for now, and reminding you and yours, to stay safe and stay together.